now listening to the 100% Elite Podcast. Welcome to 100% Elite. I am your host, Jeff Englert, and this is episode 48. Now, I'm joined here once again by my co-host, Mr. Zach Preston, a.k.a. Freshly Squeezed on Shackity. What's up, buddy? Jeffrey, long time no see. It's good to talk to you again. Um, I'm trying to think, has anything interesting happening? Interesting happened since the last time we talked? Oh, dude, we had a killer pay-per-view. Uh, oh shit, you're right. Oh shit. <laughs> uh full gear was incredible. I'm gr- uh, it it literally made me forget about Fallout or All Out Fallout. Uh <laughs> All Out almost completely. It, it it made up for it in the good spots and uh and it yeah, it was an amazing pay-per-view. Uh but before we get into any of that stuff, we got a little bit of news. Um the only news I have is uh, the media scrum afterwards. Uh, so there were, there were just a couple things. So Serena Deeb talked about, uh, you know, being the NWA champion and being signed to All Elite Wrestling and how she's wanting to be a locker room leader and bring everybody up. She's actually got 15 years in the business. Uh, so when we say, does she look old or does she look young? Uh, definitely a little bit more on the veteran side. <laughs> and uh, But it sounds like she's really... Uh, wanting to bring up AEW once, you know, NWA uh, talent to come here and work and and bring up the the female talent that AEW already has uh, and talked about how in this, it's only been a year and a half kind of roughly that um, AEW has had this women's division, uh, hasn't really had the limelight uh, that it probably will get soon. Uh, they talk about that third hour and things like that. Um, but uh, just just some good stuff with Serena Deeb. Um, and then Tony Khan talked about um, working with Impact because Don Callis, we'll get into it, was on a on the Kenny Omega Hangman match. He was on commentary. And so he talked about, you know, op- you know, wanting to work with Don Callis again and that he is open to working with Impact. He's open to working with their talent, just like they do with NWA now, and they have great working relationships with them. So that, you know, once the pandemic's done and things open back up, I don't see why we can't get more New Japan stuff in. They got a new, you know, head honcho uh, in order over there. So maybe uh, new alliances will be made, and this is how the the Titan will fall. uh in the wrestling business you know the monopoly isn't a monopoly anymore there's tons of uh revenue that's being snatched up by all these companies so it's it's kind of good to have all these different uh avenues of of revenue going but that's all the news that i have uh so we can get right into this episode of dark that they dropped um uh, this friday uh they do it every time before a pay-per-view and it's like why why Oh, I know, dude. It's uh, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, this one dropped uh, just after we recorded um, mm-hmm. our last uh, weekly recap. So uh, we started off with Big Swole versus uh, Tesha, Tasha Price, Tisha Price. Yeah, Tesha Price uh, versus Tesha Big Price Swole. For, yeah, first time we've seen her in AEW. Um, you know, not much to report on in this match. I, uh, Big Swole going over here like we thought she would. Um, actually, or I'm sorry, like we thought uh, he would. 
Jesus, wow, I am on a roll. <laughs> but uh, interestingly enough, uh, getting the win here uh, with the, the uh, Texas Cloverleaf. So that was something you and I were discussing about Big Swole. Um, you know, she just didn't come through as a, you know, as a big dominant force. So, you know, let's just see, you know, what kind of finisher she can have that would make her more believable. And the submission maneuver was definitely the way to go. Um, so I was happy to see her get the one with the Texas Cloverleaf. Did you have anything to add to this one? Can you hear no. me now? Oh, <laughs> yeah, let's get, let's move right along. <laughs> we had uh, Matt Seidel versus CD Christopher Daniels in the next match. Um, this was a nice little back and forth match. Um, as far as I, I'm concerned, this was uh, the best match of this dark installment. Um, I just kind of was, you know, breezed through it for a little bit. Uh, but this one was back and forth. Matt Seidel looked good. Um, I've been telling you we really needed to see consistency from this guy. That's now two weeks in a row. Uh, that we've gotten really solid matches out of him. Uh, CD, definitely one of the reasons here. CD being being old, being that ring general. You know, just being a good person for guys to work with. We saw CD turn in good performances versus uh, Brody Lee and versus some of the other guys. Um, so it was no surprise here that he was able to get a good match out of Matt Seidel. Um, but this was a nice back and forth. Uh, Seidel pulling out some bigger moves than we've seen in the past as far as power moves are concerned. Um, eventually picking up the win here. Uh, I It was just on like a, a counter from our Hurricane Rana. I think he just rolled him up if I recall correctly. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't really have anything written down, but that's just going off of memory here. Uh, so Matt Seidel picking up the win over CD for an impressive win. Like I said, two weeks in a row. Seidel looking really, really good. Um, so hopefully that continues. Do you want to add anything to this? It was the the angel's wing is what he countered uh, into uh, a, a nice little roll up pin there. It was yeah. a, a nice little match. I'll touch on that big swole, like you said, using the nice submission for that win. Um, it, big swole's got to step up, man. It, it, her shit's it's like it's getting sloppier. I don't know what it is, but. You know, she's she tightens up in, in, in her, her speaking and then it loosens up in her work in, in ring. And it's kind of like you gotta you gotta be on the ball on all this stuff. Some of her moves look great, but some of them look um like it's like it doesn't fucking matter. Like you know what I mean? It I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a hard spot to hit for sure, but uh yeah, my, Matt Seidel, uh, I'm hoping they get him in a good storyline and, and get his his uh his ball rolling you know uh he's been in here for a while and he hasn't really had that that blowout match that really uh makes me go wow um but then we had this Kaz promo Kaz basically telling us um he ain't stopping in in the singles division and uh he's gonna run through some people um but you can get into this Griff Garrison or no this um Brandon Cutler versus Michael Naka, Naka, Nakazawa Naka match uh, real quick. Yeah, this was a, this was a nice little match. Um, Nakazawa really not getting into any of that, um, you know, super comedic stuff in the match, which is, uh, you know, better for me. I don't, I don't really enjoy that. Uh, and Nakazawa matches. Uh, this was a nice little match. You know, we saw the evolution of Brandon Cutler, just like Jeff told us it was going to happen. Um, he ends up picking up the win here. Uh, you know, he essentially reverses the Olympic slam and connects with that TBK. 
Uh, one, two, three, actually picking up his second win here on AEW. So um, after a lot of losses, I think he's up to 25 losses now. A um, couple draws in there, but picking up his second victory. So, uh, you know, the feud with Peter Avalon seems to have done him well. Uh, he's relevant to us. We were big supporters of that, like, like you know. Um, but picking up the win here, like I said, second win on AEW. So Brandon Cutler's trending in the, the right direction. What do you have on this? Yeah, I'm I'm really grateful for this. Um, I mean, obviously he's not going for any title run or or anything like that anytime soon. But I mean, it would be nice for him to get into because uh, he's got a great move set. He really does. He's he's working well. I love all the springboard stuff that he he does, and he's really tall. He he's got a good uh, physique. Um, he can cut semi decent promos. It would kind of be nice to get him like maybe in a trios to where when they bring these uh, trios titles like into play, that could be something that I could see Brandon Cutler doing to where it makes sense to have, you know, a title on his on his waist. Mm -hmm. No, I hear you. I Like I said, I think the feud with Peter Avalon did wonders for both of them. Uh, made them both more relevant, even with all the losses. So uh, yeah. do you want to tell us about this promo or do you want to get on to Griff Garrison and uh, Ariel Dominguez? I kind of accidentally talked about it and then <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> fucked then up the Brandon Cutler I, thing. It's I, all right. I like the promo. I did want to say real quick, I did like the promo, but I just don't get it, man. Um, we yeah. were like led to believe that like, you know, they did this whole, whole package about Scorpio Sky going out on his own, giving him new music uh, a new entrance, uh, new everything uh, for him all of a sudden to start teaming with SCU again because they couldn't really get him into a storyline. And now Kaz is apparently breaking out and doing single stuff. It just seems it seems relatively disjointed as far as their plan is concerned. So um, that, that was my only qualm about this. I don't know what you were thinking. I wonder if because the tag division has gotten so stacked and, mm -hmm. you know, Sky wanted to do his own thing. I wonder if CD doesn't have um doesn't you know maybe he doesn't want to be in the ring that much longer so maybe they're trying mm -hmm. to push push this for a singles division for for kaz until he can either pick up another guy for a tag team or i don't know it, it doesn't make sense you're right um man this is a rocky start to this <laughs> podcast i've been in and out in and out my uh no it's okay hey <laughs> we're just and, and no disrespect to the guys who, who put in and women who put on good performances. But like you said, I, I don't understand the dark before the pay-per-view. Um, I, we'd be yeah. remiss not to touch on it. Um, we're trying to do a little more than just read your results. Cause you can go on the <laughs> internet and do that. But, uh, Oh yeah. I think that's okay. As long as we give the people what they want for full gear. <laughs> so why don't you tell us about Griff Garrison picking up the win here, man? Yeah. I mean, given Griff Garrison, this win over, you know, another enhancement guy, uh, you know, wondering if he's signed or not. Uh, he might be under one of those handshake. Uh, I've been seeing this a lot more. You know, Kylan King picked up a win. We didn't see anything from her. Uh, you know, Brian Pillman Jr. is part of this tag team. He's picking up wins. He's not getting a now signed, blah, blah, blah. So I'm wondering if they're just if they're giving these people wins against other enhancement talent just to make them seem... Um, you know, pad their records so when they lose to one of the AEW guys, it's not just in another enhancement match. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to have Archer come out and just, you know, beat the shit out of him real quick, 
right after he picks up a win and, and looks, you know, semi-decent doesn't make sense. It just loses all credibility for Griff Garrison. I mean, he's tried to stand up to Lance Archer, which was, I mean, more than I would have fucking done. That dude's scarier than shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. What do you have on that? Nothing? Not much. Just remember everybody <laughs> dies. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much um, it. So the real so. Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, uh, went up against Sean Maluda and Ryzen. And, you know, uh, Evil Uno hitting that ripcord flatliner for the win. That was uh, a nice nice move there. That that looked pretty awesome. Um, have anything on this or you want to talk about your boy? Absolute yeah. Ricky Starks. That's right, brother. Um, no, I mean, I like seeing Dark Order. Um, this is a week in which they rolled. They pick up a lot. They picked up a lot of victories this mm-hmm. week. Actually, the last two weeks, Dark Order's picked up a lot of victories. Um, so hats off always to that. Um, I think this uh, Sean Maluda and Ryzen uh, were combined 0 for 12 coming into this match, so they didn't really stand a chance, <laughs> unfortunately. So um, we moved right on into Starkman Jones, absolute Ricky Starks versus poor Trevor Reed. Um, this was pretty much all Ricky Starks. It was meant to be all Ricky Starks. That, that boy's a beast. Rochambeau for the win. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, he just, he looks impressive. Like I said, for a dude that's like not stacked like Brian Cage's, like he is a, an animal in, in the ring. So I, I'm a big fan of Ricky Starks. I think it's time to get him off of dark and get him into a major storyline on Dynamite. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I love the way he did the spear here running back and forth because the guy <laughs> couldn't uh figure out which way to stand to take the fucking spear he kept accidentally <laughs> turning around so ricky starks kept running the ropes until he got it lined up you know perfect and that's a professional it. man yeah, it was it was a nice recover for sure um we moved on from there to the final main event of this uh darkest of darks uh I just mean that because it was lame that they put it on on a fucking fr- <laughs> like they keep doing this. <laughs> I know uh, what you meant. Lee Johnson versus Chuck Taylor. This match, they could have just put this up, and I would have been like, "Cool, that was dark this week. An awesome, great match. Lee Johnson uh, looking fantastic. Chuck Taylor looking great. You know, we don't really get to see him outside of the the tag world, so this was great. The awful waffle at the end uh, looked a little. Little stiff, a little uh, like he was tired after this, especially working with somebody as fast as uh, Lee Johnson. They talk about it in the match how he is uh, one of his big, uh, you know, inspirations, uh, you know, wanting to be like as Kenny Omega uh, Lee Johnson does. So it's 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 really cool to see, um, you know, some of these younger guys already coming up in the in the wrestling world that have idols like Kenny Omega and, you know, stuff like that. Like Darby has looked, he said he was looked up to Cody Rhodes. He's, uh, and stuff like that. So it, it's great. We'll get into definitely those two, uh, here in a little bit, but, um, yeah, that was dark this week. Do you have anything on this match before we move yeah, on? It was a good match, man. I've, um, I've uh, sorry, I was muted there. I do that all the time. <laughs> I've been singing. Uh, Why can't we just give Lee a chance for the past few weeks? And even in taking the L here, this is the chance. Um, interesting thing. Like that's what I took away from this match. Is I recall a couple months ago we discussed uh, how you know Chuck doesn't get a lot of love 
Uh, and we talk about Trent being the better of the two performers between the two. Um, you know, but at the time, talking about how Chuck had looked good in a singles match, and he looked good here too. Um, you really got to give it to him. Uh, he's a good competitor. Lee Johnson did not look out of place. He looked good here as well. Again, I don't really have any notes on this match, just the results in front of me. I just, off of memory, I just, uh, you know, remember Chucky hitting this awesome falcon arrow in the middle of the match, mm-hmm. um, which I love seeing anybody always hit a falcon arrow. Uh, spike pile driver he hit, man. He actually had a pretty decent little repertoire here. So, um, really cool to see Chuck get the win here. Um, Lee Johnson looked good even in defeat, and that um, takes us home for a dark. I would have liked this as a dark, as like a Tuesday dark. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I would have no problem with this on Tuesday. I like that uh, it was a lot fucking shorter. I mean, normally mm-hmm. it takes us 45 minutes to get through dark, uh, yeah. but this is 16 minutes in, and we're already yeah. <laughs> 17 yeah. minutes, I would say. Um, I like it. I like having room to talk to other stuff about you, but uh, we just got to be cognizant to not have a three hour podcast. <laughs> but without further ado, let's get into the official homework of the week. Times two. Yeah, times two. So this is a uh, I try to do it every episode. So homework of the week for me, I'm going with a another match that was recently sent to me. Um, it's going to be Sammy Guevara. Versus Ray Phoenix uh, in a PWG match. Uh, it's a fantastic fucking match. This is one of those matches that really got me into Sammy Guevara uh, before uh, he was in All Elite Wrestling. So, yeah, that's my uh, homework for this week. Yeah, man. Um, I was, like, not really sure where to go from homework. I wasn't feeling too inspired. Um just earlier when you had mentioned to me uh, wanting to do a pay-per-view of the year segment, I started thinking about the prior pay-per-views and I just remembered that um, when the title cha- or um, when the young bucks took on hangman and Kenny Omega for the titles at revolution. Uh, and I was just remembering how amazing of a match that was. And I myself, am going to go back and watch it now that I've been thinking about it. And I implore all of you to do so as well as your homework number two for the week. <laughs> All right, so it's Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page for the tag team titles, uh, which we'll get into another Young Bucks match here. Let's talk yeah. about Full Gear, man. Um, so how did you do on your picks? Uh, I missed two. I missed two as well. We talked about this. We we missed di- different two, actually. I missed um, the tag titles. I had FTR going over. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the other match I had texted you. Kenny Omega. Uh, yeah, I had had Hangman over. Kenny um so I actually had the elite losing all of their matches and they won all of their matches so yep I I had Sammy uh going over instead of Matt Hardy he uh he lost um and then Nyla Rose winning over Hikaru Shida so other than that everybody else uh pretty much I picked them all um there was no sting so I lost that side bet too (laughs) I don't know (laughs) you know we didn't bet for any money or anything but I was hoping. I was hoping for some kind of a surprise. I mean, the only mm. surprise that I really have, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the buy-in. The buy-in. Serena Deeb versus Allison Kay. Uh, both uh, people that you know have wrestled for NWA before. Uh, Allison Kay is, uh, is an NWA girl that she's recently been. Uh, she's a free agent. So uh, this match versus the NWA champion uh 
It's weird. It's weird having to say NWA champion in the middle of <laughs> all elite, uh, you know, podcast yeah. here. Um, yeah. For sure. So it, it was a really great match. I mean, uh, that serenity lock is what she calls it. That that sweet um, submission. It's like a Boston crab, but she pins her face down uh, by wrapping her arm around the leg uh, for the win. But I mean, there was a lot of back and forth. That Allison K girl looked, you know. She looked better than some of the talent that we have in our women's division, that's for sure. It wasn't that sloppy. Serena Deeb <clears throat> looked great. She really does, uh, you know, real tight, and she she works well, kind of vicious in some spots. I didn't know who was the face and who was the heel in this match uh, just because of the way that Serena Deeb works because she brings out these, like, stomping on people out of nowhere and shit like that, so... Um, but what'd you have on this buy-in match? Yeah, it was a good, good, solid back and forth match. Um, expected Serena Deeb to go over, but yeah, like you said, Allison K looked good. You hit the high notes on this match already, so uh, I won't, I won't bore you to tears with it. So <laughs> uh, the interesting thing was after the match, Thunder Rosa mm-hmm. coming back out, you know, essentially laying claim to that NWA uh, Women's Championship again, which I like seeing Thunder Rosa. I'm, ha- I'm okay with their their performers being on aew but it seems to be at the expense of aew building their own women's division um which is going to be my only complaint here um but we'll see how these relationships moving uh look moving forward i'm sure that once this pandemic becomes more endemic if you will or disappears altogether i think we're going to see what this partnership is going to look like on the whole i think it'll look different obviously than it does now Mm -hmm. um so as as uh as Jeff mentioned earlier, Don Collis joining us on uh, commentary for the first match. This is a match that everybody was looking forward to. Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page right out of the gate here, man. I I did not expect this match to be nope. first because um, I was like, well, these guys are going to put on a match that's going to be really difficult to follow. And they did. I mean, from the start, like this was just a war. Um I will say one note on the match and it's like totality. Like it never felt like they hit a stride that they were capable of hitting. Um, It definitely felt more of the first chapter of many and not like the end all be all of their feud, but they still put on a damn good match. One of the best matches I've seen in a long time, Mm -hmm. Um, which is just a testament to them to know that they have another level that they can take it to. Um, it's, It's just, again, a testament to them. So there's a lot of a lot of V triggers in this match, as you would expect. A lot of flying outside of this match, through the ropes, over, Kenny flipping over the ropes. Um, lots of one-winged angel attempts and one-winged angel attempt by Adam Page at one point. Um, eventually, Kenny does pick up the win here uh, with one one-winged angel. Uh, it was interesting. I remember your your. Um, prediction for this match was kenny was just going to keep one winged angeling him until pretty much <laughs> he's like full heel and they take him out to the mat and stuff but like he really gets one and pins pins hangman which really surprised me i really didn't think that he was going to get the pin off of one i just and i didn't think he was gonna like kick out of it like no sell it but i thought kenny was not going to be able to get the pin right away and allowing him to get like the long two count so uh, really interesting match, uh, you know, at Hangman going for the um, uh, the clothesline, the lariat uh, several times over, um, but always getting countered by Kenny. So he actually, I don't think he ever actually hit it, did he? No. Um, 
Do you want me to go? No. <laughs> no, I mean that was pretty much it. I mean, it was it was a, what you would expect from Hangman and Kenny. You know, oh, oh, like yeah. I said, lots of V triggers. <laughs> Tiger Driver '98, lots of V triggers, lots of just blowing each other up. Oh yeah, it was fucking nuts, in my opinion. I'm I'm glad that they started off with this because I think, um, I think they kind of learned with Revolution when you put your best match, uh, you know, close to the end but not the actual end. The blow off is incredibly hard to follow after such a high performance match like that. Um, so I'm glad that they put it right at the stop or right at the start. And I guarantee Kenny and hangman before they walk through them, fucking, uh, them tunnels were like, fucking follow this. You know what I mean? Uh, dude, that buckshot attempt, uh, getting countered by a V trigger midair was fucking yeah. incredible. The, the dead eye, uh, that, uh, hangman hit. I mean, that was, he looked really low. I thought Kenny was like fucked up from that. Um, all the outside work that they did slamming each other on the entrance ramp was mm-hmm. great. Uh, it took two V trigger. He put full force two V triggers before he hit that one wing angel. If he wouldn't have done those, I guarantee he would have hit him with another one just to make sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it, it was nuts. Like you said, that Tiger Driver '98 was fucking in, in, insane. But the Dead Eye to me is a move that we haven't seen from Hangman in a while. And I'm glad that he pulled it out and reminded us that he still has an arsenal, um, you know, up his sleeve or, uh, you know, he doesn't wear. Sleeves, oh, yeah. So. <laughs> and the fact that he hit it like right out of that Snapdragon suplex was super sweet. Oh, it was yeah. like, yeah, that didn't phase me at all, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he he's he's insane. almost put him away. That was a long two count on that one. But I'm glad that they they finished this off with no, you know, fuddy duddy bullshit. Uh, you know, no tap, you know, tapping out or not tapping out or, you know, doing things that like you didn't know who the clear fucking winner was. He beat him in the middle of the ring, one wing angel done. Uh, and like you said, I think this is the very beginning of this feud. I I'm thinking that this is going to be something that they hit on at revolution, um, or in pay-per-views to, to come, uh, because Dude. now the way it's set up. Um, it looks to me like Kenny's going after Mox. We get that that big Mox versus we'll Kenny see if match. Mox retains. What does he have to fight Lance Archer already? No, he's just got to beat Eddie Kingston later in the night. Oh God, <laughs> you always do this. Um, so <laughs> we haven't got there yet, dude. Yeah. So uh, I, spoiler I, alert. <laughs> I, no, but you 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 hit the freaking nail on the head. You were calling this storyline where. Hangman truly they'll, they'll give him like a little promo time where he truly feels like he's like, I was ready for that match and I knew I was going to win that match. And like, mm-hmm. that's what like sends him down the rabbit hole to like either like a deeper, like alcoholic thing or and like eventually like having to break that habit to like get back into the title scene or what have you. You were calling this like kind of being the downward spiral of hangman, weren't you? Yeah. And, and we'll get into the, the little, spot that they had later with him um but yeah this like i said this match was this match was a contender man for for match of the night for sure um Mm -hmm. but after this we moved into orange cassidy versus john silver um you know 
I, I have my gripes with Orange Cassidy uh, and John Silver being the funny comedy bit nonsense, but this match was really fucking good. I really enjoyed this match. I mean, I was really impressed that they didn't they didn't pull out too much bullshit. Um, you know, they both hit all their move sets pretty much. John Silver even hit that airplane uh, airplane spin out slam, whatever the fuck it's called. It, I, it's one of my favorite things that he does. It's really cool. I mean, he's such such a little short hoss. Uh, you know, obviously, Orange Cassidy pulling it out with the orange punch. And then the beach break. The beach break is such a good finisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, something that just, bam, puts somebody out is one of those finishers that I like. It's it, it's like the Stone Cold Stunner. It's even like the fucking pedigree that, I, you know, I hate Triple H, but that move you're not getting up from a, a pedigree, you know. You know what I mean? It's just one of those moves yeah. that was devastating. Um, but yeah, this match was pretty good. I really liked the where it was placed too, because if it would have been placed right after the buy-in or during the buy-in, I probably still would have been getting food ready and and not paid attention. Yeah, the thing about this match, it was the perfect cool-down match because it was always going to be different than Hangman and Omega. Mm-hmm. They were their match was. No one was ever going to come into that match expecting to see what they just saw, and they were never going to deliver a performance via their capability, moveset, you know, or uh, interest in storyline, if you will. So this is a perfect cooldown match because, yeah, it allows you to, like, sit back and, like, appreciate the work that they're doing in the ring. And they did do some fun stuff. Like you said, both guys throwing the kitchen sink at each other. Um, You know, this match didn't go... The in from as far as like a psychological perspective and like you know the gutsy gritty comeback from Orange Cassidy like never really clicked for me as a storyline within the match is the only thing that kind of held it back because at, at a point it did just seem like two guys just throwing all their moves at each other you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying like their chemistry wasn't that of for instance uh, a Hangman and, and Omega but not many are so in any case here like you said. Um, getting the beach break uh for the win here uh, it was actually after uh silver was trying to do that discus lariat he was, yeah he was trying know, to do the yeah the... shouting out yeah shouting out Brody <laughs> lee there um and trying to hit that discus and uh orange just catching him with the beach break right there so do you notice or that you catch him with he, he 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 caught him with the orange punch first orange punch into the beach break yeah but did you notice john silver ain't no he ain't no mask wearing fool no more yeah, I mean the guy, the kid's got personality. Why are you gonna hide it anyway? Exactly. I, so. I think they need to do it with the rest of the Dark Order, uh, and now even Five's got a white mask. It's kind of it, he's just blending yeah. in with. Maybe they're gonna start looking more like a tag team, and that's gonna mm-hmm. be their their uh, uh, you know another side tag team ten and five. Uh, I saw it a little bit on the pre-show stuff, but um, oh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but in any case, yeah, Orange Cassidy picking up the win here. Um, you know, was a good night. Like I said, like you said, a nice, uh, nice, good second match, good cooldown match. Uh, sandwich between our next big match. I know it's my turn, Jeff, but I'm gonna go ahead and turn the reins over to you to talk about your boy, <laughs> Cody Rhodes, to see if Cody Rhodes can have as much success as Cody has had. Oh, dude, this match I thought was fucking phenomenal. I mean, this was just top-notch, killer shit. It was different from all of their other matches. It was Darby Allen, the the enigma, as uh, JR keeps calling him. Uh, but, 
the entrance was cool versus the prince of pro wrestling, the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Justin uh, Roberts really making this special. It was really fucking cool. I really liked it. That uh, He had a new shirt on. Looks fucking amazing. Can't wait to sport that on the pod, basically. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, I know you can't wait to buy it. Oh, yeah. I'm 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 itching to buy new shirts already. Uh, dude, the Avalanche Crossroads. Holy fucking shit. Is he trying to kill Darby before he could take the title from him? Yeah, ma'am. It, it was, I mean, two... Two of these guys in this ring really wanted this. And Cody was Cody was the fucking heel in this match. I mean, he was doing the push-ups. You even had Arn Anderson getting pissed off at him that he was just, you know, stop showboating, stop being such a... Air. He was getting booed. Cody Rhodes was getting fucking booed in some of these spots because he's rolling out of the ring on Darby. Uh, uh, I just, I, I can't... I can't say enough about this, man. Uh, the roll-up. They were like two or three different roll-ups, and, and he pulled out the win here. This wasn't a, uh, you know, Cody or Darby just hitting the coffin drop or just hitting a move and then pinning him clean. This was a quick roll-up. He caught Cody uh, and and picked up a fucking win here. Uh, this was fantastic, and I love the ending where Darby, you could tell he was absolutely emotional about this. And him getting on his knee and handing this TNT championship to Darby, the guy that he handpicked it, the guy that he had to fight to get on this show. And this is the first homegrown AEW talent with a belt. It's it's phenomenal. So what do you have on this? <laughs> I, will, I will correct you. I'd say Hikaru Shida would be the first. No, she's a but, new. Uh, she was like New Japan stardom. I guess I. Th- I was thinking you were talking about more stateside promotion stuff. No, I just but, mean uh, like uh, he's the was, he's the first guy that nobody fucking knew who the hell he was before AEW yeah. came. At least Japan's yeah. audience knew who who Car- Shida yeah, was. Very true, dude. This match was excellent. Um, I. <laughs> You hit the nice notes on the match. I thought Darby gave the gutsiest performance I've seen in an AEW ring thus far in the history of the promotion. Like he was like gutting out everything in this match and just felt like he was trying to like prove it to himself and prove it to everybody that like he belonged to be there. Mm -hmm. Um he looked awesome. Cody played his part really well. You were talking about the heel antics that he was doing uh, throughout the match, um, which I think is leading to a heel turn, like I've been saying, by the way. Um, and in the end, uh, it's Cody's hubris, that exact hubris, what you're just saying, you know, the cockiness, um, the overconfidence that, like, really spelled his demise. Getting caught on a reversal and a roll-up is, like, not something that should happen to a champion ever. Mm-hmm. They should never, ever, 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 ever be off their game enough to lose like that. But my only problem is how face of a move it was to present with him the belt like that. You know, he's kind of sinking into that, leaning into that heel thing. I think he undid all of that. All that, all that groundwork he laid in that match just got undid by the end of that, which I get. I understand, you know, he wants the moment to be about Darby and not about a Cody heel turn, mm-hmm. which is very commendable and respectable and admirable. Um, but 
you know, a guy like me who's eager for it now just has to wait for the official Cody heel turn, which is coming. I am telling you, and it's going to be glorious. And it's, uh, I just can't wait. It's going to be great. But, uh, you know, Cody maybe should have uh, not gotten his last name back, I guess, you know, <laughs> doesn't, uh, doesn't look like the Rhodes was working for him. So uh, the great, 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 great match. Like you said, um, I didn't think anything was going to top Hangman and Omega. And this, this one definitely gave it a run for its money. I still haven't even decided which one's my favorite yet. Um, I do need to rewatch them both. Uh, but Darby getting the, you deserve it chance after the match. He definitely does deserve it. The kid is awesome. Um, he's definitely got a long future in AEW um, and new TNT champion, Darby Allen. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, Cody fucking working that arm, though, was he tossed Darby out of the fucking ring onto the entrance ramp with his arm behind his fucking back. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. He he almost broke that kid in half a couple times. Fuck. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about uh, Team Taz coming out? laying about to attack uh attack and then will hobbs making the save staying staying i liked how they brought i would liked how they brought will hobbs into it but they shouldn't have i don't like how they almost ruined the ending to this match this was so perfect this was darby this was such a real moment from a from a uh one of the big top guys he's Cody as much as he's a, a, you know, the top wrestler, he's the EVP. He's one of the top guys in this fucking company. And he Mm -hmm. just got on his fucking knee and handed this young guy who nobody thought was good enough. WWE turned him down. Do you know what I mean? He, he didn't have this big stardom before he gets this title belt. This was, this was a, you know, this was a, a great moment for him, and you can tell the emotion was real. And I don't think this spot was was something that they planned at all. I think Darby was supposed to pick up the title and and do his normal thing, and I think Cody went out of his way uh, to just make it special for him and for the fans of Darby Allen, uh, the people who dress up like him constantly. I mean, he he's one of the most cosplayed people in fucking wrestling right now. Um, but, yeah, Will Hobbs... Uh, you know, making the save with Team Taz, uh, almost shattering his arm in that car that he, uh, you know, that shitty fucking car that he rolled in up. Hey, here's, here's what doesn't make sense to me. Why is one guy chasing off three guys? Can anybody explain that to me? He's got a chair. <sighs> Come on, man. I mean, they already what? tossed him through the full gear thing, which should have been a little bit more extreme. It is like a paper folding out. <laughs> It could have it could have actually yeah. shattered, like been some kind of glass. I'm I'm glad that the set was at least changed. All out didn't look any different from an episode of Dynamite. At least at least this had a little bit of change at Daly's place. So I'll give him that. Yeah. So anyway, that was a that was a phenomenal match. Uh like you said, I know we both thought really highly of this match. Um the next match more gold on the line we had mm-hmm. for the AEW Women's Championship, the uh, longest reigning champion in history, Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose, looking to become the very first ever two-time AEW Women's World Champion. This was a, a, a match, man. They hossed out at each other. This match was stiffer than you see women's matches. Um, I love Nyla's new getup. I think it looks great on her. Um, Shida just looking vicious here. Uh, yep. I... 
I, I can't say enough about Hikaru Shida. You and I were talking about the believability of somebody beating a Nyla Rose. And I just kept telling you, like, it is believable that Hikaru Shida can beat her. She is methodical in the way that she chops her down. She's strong enough, like, even though she's much smaller, strong enough to handle her. And she didn't look out of place, just like in past matches with Nyla Rose. She didn't look out of place. Um, Nyla playing the part of the beast, though, really, really having her way with Hikaru Shida for a lot of this match, powering her around. You know, this match was, I won't say it was a barn burner by any means. I don't think either of them, like, you know, pulled out like anything that was super wow, but they told a great story. Uh, and again, we talk about Cody's hubris really costing him, him the tie or him the win in the previous match. And, and in my opinion, it's the same thing with Nyla Rose here, you know, hits a, a massive beast bomb and picks her up from the pin just to hit the running knee on a car sheeter to try to show her up only to get a no sell, no count on the pin. I was like, Holy shit. Like yep. that was a, that was a boss moment for Hikaru Shida right there. And then hitting her with the running knee and then just picking her face up and just beating her with all these knees endlessly and holding both of her arms on the mat to pick up the win. One, two, three, retaining the title over Nyla Rose. Again, Nyla's hubris costing her the match here. What do you think about that? Um, this was one of the matches that I got wrong. Uh, I'm glad I did it. It was a great finish to this match. The only yeah. wow spot that I think that they had, there was two. Uh, well, I'll give them three. The The knees at the end for the win oh, were fucking brutal. vicious. Oh, dude, they were so good. Um, and the avalanche falcon arrow was fucking dope. That was a cool move. But there was one spot where you watch Hikaru Shida deadlift Nyla Rose, suplexed yep. her, and there was no hop in, in Nyla Rose at all. It was all Hikaru Shida, boom, picking her up and slamming her. And I, you just don't, she doesn't look like a strong girl. Like she doesn't look super muscular and toned out like a, like a Jordan Grace. I don't know if you know who Jordan Grace is. Uh, I think they call her Big Mama Pump or something like that. Or, or hell, even Big, Big Swole's more cut. Yeah, like either one of those girls, I could see them doing that. But Hikaru Shida just, I think she's, it's all willpower, man. She's putting her over in this suplex no matter what. If she's got to bust a knee to do it, she's doing it. And it, it looked it looked believable. And this is what the women's division should be emulating on in every single match. Every single one of those girls right now should be going out there and trying to do this, trying to do the Serena Deeb match, trying to do this kind of stuff. You go out there and you leave it all out on the map. Don't try to hurt each other, but don't try to be fucking, you know, I can't really say that about it but you know wimps man don't go out there and half-ass some shit you're on tv this is going to be what people see forever we can go back in youtube everybody pulls clips it's going to be forever in your lexicon of matches to people go oh remember when you did this remember when this you didn't even hit the person uh stuff like that which i know this is a performance but I think right now, if they want credibility in the women's division, they need to be putting matches like this in their dynamite matches. It, it just makes sense to do that. Yeah. They have so little time to do these things that it only makes sense yeah. to each time go out there full force and blow it out. Look, if I'm AEW, and and obviously they're very good at running their business, but the men's roster is stacked. Like 
girl like women like charlotte flair like oscar like these other women who are badass in the ring like they need to drop some money on and get these girls over because i think that they could have the strongest everything in all of pro wrestling if they play their cards right they got a super strong tag team division i dare say the best men's division now mm-hmm. you know i think the only thing that they're missing out on is women's and it's not by much i mean but the top of their card is so far so far in a way better than the rest of the women's card mm-hmm. does that make sense like yeah, they no, don't it really have it really yeah, is <laughs> I, and they don't have enough people at the top they yep. only have like a handful of girls that are at that level or women that are at that level so if i'm if i'm aew like i'm looking to try to get those two women oscar and charlotte flair over um and just like i said sink sink money into that women's division because i want to see more matches like this i mm-hmm. i love this match God, that that ending was so brutal. It was one of the most brutal endings I've seen to any match. Oh yeah, uh, it was definitely a good one. Then we had Vicky Guerrero, uh, you know, cutting out. How fucking could you? I, I put so much into this. This means so much. Slapping Nyla Rose, making her look like a like a little. I don't know. This was weird for me. This ending was kind of weird. I didn't like the. I didn't like it. Why didn't Nyla just beat the shit out of her or, or I don't know, or not I do this. It it just made her look so much less than the beast. It's a face turn for Nyla. In my opinion, I think she's, she's done the heel thing, lost to the title holder. I think she's going to be a face. And I think Vicky's going to have a new client. Maybe we see a new woman get introduced to, maybe it's a returning Chris Statlander who knows coming back maybe as a heel, but I think that's where this storyline's headed. Yeah, I did like the Mega Man uh, get up that Nyla Rose had on. It was it was pretty cool. Oh, so so sick, dude! So sick. But let's get into this. Uh, the, the I think the real meat and potatoes of this card for sure. It was the Young Bucks versus the Champs. Uh, FTR. Uh, I don't know what their thing is, but you know, normally it's fuck the revival or. <laughs> forever the revolution fear the fear the revelation is i think what they're called right yeah it's so stupid hey did you i just gotta ask you before you dig into this match do you get it now do you get the ftr thing now what do you mean why they were so big like why it was why they were so like heavily anticipated them coming yeah no i think they are just I think they're flawless in the ring. I just don't know what their te- intentions are because they're playing the the true heels in and out of wrestling. You know what I mean? In and out of the they're, ring, they're being they're they're great though, Ad, aren't they? Yeah, it's just like I have to think of them as like an MJF who they're always on. They're always going to talk shit about the flips and the flops. Uh, we'll we'll talk about what actually happened. So in this match, we got. Uh, there's two spots in this match that made me literally um, revert back to the 13, 14 year old self that was maybe even a little younger. I think it was 12, 12, 13, 14. And, and a, a genuine pop for me with that 3D from the Young Bucks, the, you know, the twist of fate uh, into a Swanton Bomb combo. Uh, you had stuff. Uh, from FTR that, you know, was, you know, the Hart Foundation, the Steiner Brothers, these awesome tag moves. It was like going through time in your emotions and in your feels with this. These two top of the line tag teams going at it. And they really played into Matt's knee, uh, his ankle, everything. And, and they went after it. And this match to me was 
flawless. Uh, and they, they brought us through time and then they brought us into the present and it took everything out of both of these teams and cash hitting a 450 missing it. So he thought, I don't know what to take these guys out with every fucking move that we've put on them. They're not going out. So let me hit something big, put all my weight onto this guy, uh, or show that we can do it too. I don't know exactly the the mindset behind it but i think this was we have to we have to come come to the terms a little bit like it's okay uh, but he missed it and it cost them the fucking the titles man you got that super kick from matt with his bare foot uh one two three and new tag team champions i i i was cheering down here watching this match because if they would have lost they it would have been the cody stipulation we never would have gotten to see you know the people that we followed here uh hold the gold hold the big belts up you know we the, cody and tnt basically you know made the title for him uh in a way so they had something on dynamite you know we understand that but the young bucks being the, the the tag title holders right now is is phenomenal for me. It's it's a big fan service moment, and they they talked on their media scrum. You can watch it on YouTube, and they were like, "We don't know what this was. It felt real." It he goes, "I got emotional after winning these belts." Um, he, they said, "FTR are the best tag team that they've ever worked it with in the ring, bar none." It's insane. I I loved it. Uh, what'd you have on this? Yeah, dude, this, this match was everything. <laughs> so many near falls, so many just badass moves. Like mm-hmm. you hit the nail on the head. You hit the emotion throughout this entire thing, like essentially taking us through time and then bringing us into the present and the undoing of FTR is something that they swore off of, which was high risk maneuvers, high rope, top rope maneuvers. They just don't do it. And cash attempting it cost them the match. And so it's interesting because I think it'll just reaffirm with them what they, you know, what they should be doing. But it was just really interesting that the Bucks took them to that place to where they were like, well, shit, like we've tried everything we know. Now we got to try things we don't know just to take these dudes out. Um, you know, you hit on that media scrum. It was re- really great to hear the Bucks say that. Um, this match was was phenomenal. I think any any real wrestling fan, it was just like you. I mean, jumping up and down on their couch, like just saying "holy shit" over and over again. Like, you know, how can this get any better? Like, mm-hmm. they set up so many great false finishes. It's like, how can the finish be as great as these false finishes? And like, they just kept eclipsing, kept eclipsing like the previous one just insane match and a testament to both teams mm-hmm. you can't say enough about this match other than it's an instant classic that term is thrown around a lot uh, but that is certainly what this match was definitely going into the annals in my opinion as the best tag team match that there ever was in aew eclipsing the match that i gave to you as homework number two which before was the best tag team match in aew of bucks versus hangman and omega so to me you know, that is now the Young Bucks being part of the two greatest tag team matches there have ever been for this promotion. So mm-hmm. what does that say about them? Um, so hats off to them. You know me. I'm an FTR guy over Young Bucks guy. I like what FTR does. Um, but hats off to Young Bucks, man. 
Um, I got this one wrong. <laughs> I could have gone either way. You know, one outcome over the other wasn't going to make me happy. Wasn't going to make me sad. I just wanted to see a damn good match. Um, and that's absolutely what happened here. So I just got to say hats off to these guys. And my biggest compliments is just go rewatch it. Oh yeah, for sure. Did you like the the Lakers gear and the and the Celtics gear? <laughs> yeah, it, it was yep. really cool. I liked that a lot. Yep. So, like you said, new AEW Tag Team Champions, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, obviously coming out to to uh, celebrate with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, what do you say here? So both both kind of wrestling from the face side now, and you kind of thought they were turning heel. Yep. Um, Do you so see uh, Hangman Adam Page in the tunnel, looking yeah. at them uh, like kind of sad that he doesn't get to be involved in their celebration once again, left not on the burner, even though it was his doing. Uh, but it, it was a really fucking cool story moment right there, dude. He's gonna, you know, he has friends that are gonna come pick him up. Their names are Dax and Cash. Let's hope so. Now they're all three losers. <laughs> yep. They can go commiserate with each other. Yep. Hopefully they become drinking buddies. Damn. You know it would be sick? It's Cody Cody's slow heel turn and being a part of that too would be sick. Yeah. I, especially with what happened during MJF's match. So it kind of kind of voids him out of being in this new four horsemen. So maybe Cody, Hangman, and the FTR would be awesome. But Cody just made this new fucking nightmare family yeah. big ass faction. It's like fifteen yeah. people in it. We now. And, and, and the truth is we want all this shit like now, now, now. I think that's our biggest problem yeah. is every week we'll come and talk <laughs> about it just because we like to fantasize about it. But they probably have like plans that are like two years away, you yeah. know, of how they're gonna get, you know, from A to B. So uh, I'm I'm thankful for the ride and I can't wait to enjoy it. So uh, from there we moved into a match that Looked very familiar to people who have been following Matt Hardy for a long time. Um, it was the elite deletion match. He's had final deletion matches. He's had like insane, like crazy deletion matches at the Hardy compound, starting uh, from his days with Impact and TNA. He had one in WWE against Bray Wyatt. Um, and then obviously this one against Sammy Guevara. He's done other stuff, other filming at the compound. And I will say, like, I always enjoy him. The first one was freaking crazy with King Maxwell getting the win. That was the craziest one. Um, but, you know, everyone since then, the production value has gone up tremendously. Um, these guys utilize the entire compound. Uh, we had some funny moments with uh, reporter Shane Helms coming out. I don't know if you remember those <laughs> days in old WWF with uh, Shane Helms trying to do like the whole Superman gimmick or Clark Kent during the day and Superman at night where he's Shane and the hurricane yep. gets thrown into the lake of reincarnation eventually and comes back as the hurricane is great gang. I didn't get the whole gangrel thing. Uh, I was just like, okay, like that guy was never really significant outside of like his brood days with edge and Christian. Um, which was, by the way, that was a sweet, sweet faction. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, this was a fun, a fun elite deletion match. I loved it. Um, obviously, Santana and Ortiz got involved as well as Private Party. They all found their way out to the Hardy compound. So uh, they got involved. Uh, you saw um, the drone made an appearance, helped close the garage door, close the guys out. So this match was really cool because like there were... Ma- times like when they were in these weird places like beating the shit out of each other with the things that they could find fighting all around the property and then hardy you know obviously has a couple rings set up he's got one outside set up and he had one on the inside set up 
Um, Sammy doing a really good job with the one inside, taking it apart, using it to choke out Matt Hardy, beat the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before that is when he uh, puts him through the table off of the ladder. I really thought Hardy was going to move there. I thought that was Sammy going through. Uh, but, if, you know, Hardy going through the table. This match was was really brutal. Um, and the very ending, you know, Matt Hardy just taking a chair and just they did a slow motion replay of that. And I'm like, this has to be like a fake rubber chair because he drilled him in the face with this chair. Like, and, and what, I, what do you, hold on. I don't want to ruin the magic for you, but uh, it, it's, it's angling the chair. So Sammy's got to lay as flat as he can. And if you want, no, 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 no. We're we're in a different spot. I know how they did that. You okay. don't have to ruin the magic on that. I'm saying when they're both standing up and Matt Hardy takes the top lip of the chair and just just drives it into Sammy's face. Oh, um, that part. Yeah. Um, that would look that just looked brutal. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's more um movie magic. So I think Maybe. I think they timed it right to where if you look, Matt Hardy is going a little bit past his face. Cause I I I went back and YouTubed it and watched it because I thought the same thing. And I think somebody's in the background clapping a chair, uh, hitting it. And Sammy's just perfect on the, on what he does, man. It looked looked great. Yeah. It looked great. It was a cool part of the ending, you know, really gets him woozy. And the part that Jeff was alluding to just a minute ago is the very end of this match. when Sammy's laying flat on his flat on his stomach, his face on the ground, Blood coming out of his mouth, and Matt Hardy just gives him one good straight wallop to the back of the head, pinned between the chair and the concrete, busts him open from the back of the head. Clearly, Sammy Guevara's out. One, two, three. They sh- a private party comes after, presumably, they've been fighting with Gangrel and Santana Ortiz this whole time, uh, but they come and they help put uh, old Sammy in a garbage can, which they uh, load into a back of back of the truck and with senior benjamin's help they take him away to who knows where they didn't really say i thought uh like like i was predicting that he was going to go into the lake of reincarnation but i was hoping that they were going to get there so my full prophecy could come true but they never got there mm-hmm. uh, but a really fun match i hope you liked this one i i i liked the i liked halfway through so the beginning was great just them two Got you know, there's a little bit of funny stuff and and the big monster truck and and stuff like that. But as soon as the other people kind of got involved, it was like, why? We've been waiting yeah. to see Sammy versus Matt, just them. I would have just loved it if it was just a ring with them two. They get to the ring and then they have a normal match. That would have been perfect. I like the ending. Uh, I think the the big high spot for me was Hurricane Helms because I'm such a fan of the hurricane. You know, what's up with that? And uh, all the all the Damn, fun back. stuff. Yeah, there's a hurricane coming through. Yeah, everybody used to shit on me because I thought he was so cool. <laughs> I I just I don't know. I really liked his gimmick. He had what was it, Molly Holly, uh, or Holly Mighty Molly. Molly. I don't know what it, she had her own it little was, pink. It was, yeah, it was Mighty Molly, and they were feuding over the hardcore championship, and she hit him over the head with a frying pan and won the hardcore championship <laughs> from him. Oh my god! They used to be they were a tag team for a while. Yeah, I, I really loved Mighty Molly. Yeah, I, I I loved all that stuff. So this was this was cool for me. Uh, he even gave a little what's up with that? Because uh, you know, two, for two years he's been <laughs> locked up with Gangrel, uh, which you don't know what. 
Gangrel was doing to him. Um, but anyways, the ending to this match was great. I think there were a lot of, uh, yeah, what do you call them? Like, you know, pinpoint spots where they were making reference to things. So he did a swanton through the table. Then they did the spot where they went over the top rope, um, you know, through the tables. And Sammy is the one who cracks his head on the concrete instead of Matt. And then they had the spot where he's slamming his head, uh, you know, on the or slamming the chair into his head like Sammy did to him. But then they did another ode to like the W not an ode, like another shot at the WWE spot where they had Matt Hardy getting buried and, you know, the chair slammed into his head over and over by Randy Orton. Uh, using that spot as the ending for his, his match against Sammy Guevara was, was pretty cool to me. Uh, you know, taking out the trash, I wouldn't want to be on my routes, uh, opening up a can to see Sammy Guevara <laughs> sitting in one of these garbage cans for sure. Um, that would be a, <laughs> you got to lift those cans up, uh, up almost above your head to dump these things. So <laughs> that would have sucked. Uh, but all in all, I think it was a pretty cool match. Uh, I liked uh, Santana's little tweet on Twitter. Uh, just so you guys know, there's two Puerto Ricans and a vampire in the woods right now looking for our friend. <laughs> Guess I didn't know where Sammy went. <laughs> uh, it was it was really good. Uh, but all in all, I thought the match was great, especially in comparison to the all-out match between them. I think they made up for it. I think all is forgiven. Um, you know, it's it's almost like it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and doing it at hardy's land uh and and having like you said movie magic and the great thing of multiple takes and angles i think that they did their high spots in probably a much safer way which yep. is best for every best for everybody oh yeah for sure and uh the, the fireworks thing even though it was hokey and kind of corny i was in my head i was like this is what we did as kids this is awesome <laughs> Firing yeah fireworks at each other yeah. um but after this match, man, uh, we had a really, I, what I thought was not one of Chris Jericho's probably last good matches that we'll see. Um, unless he, unless he's got some more fuel in the tank, I think him putting this uh, MJF versus Chris Jericho match on was great. I think Jericho uh, was the face. They, they sung his song more than they ever have. Uh, he was smiling. He was great in this, uh, you know, MJF really, really pulling off all the, the little moments, uh, and, and heel spots in this, um, that were just fantastic. I love the ending. The ending was just fucking great. It, it was perfect in my eyes with the, uh, the ring and, uh, you know, Chris Jericho getting tossed the baseball bat and, you know, <laughs> Max basically going, I gotcha. And he just lays down flat. So, you know, Aubrey getting in his face, like you can't use a bat, blah, blah, blah. And him just pulling up that roll, roll up for the win. Uh, you know, pulling on the tights and everything was just, it was just a great ending to this match. A lot of back and forth between the two Jericho pulling off a line salt and he's going to be turning 50 here soon. That was fucking cool. Um, you know, bringing out the walls of Jericho, all all the great spots. What'd you have on this? Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't let it get lost. Uh, this was actually a really good match. I think one of the better MJF matches mm -hmm. um, that we've seen. And MJF is good, but that's a testament to Jericho. Jericho just knows how to work 
Uh, the man's been doing it for three decades because he knows how to work. Um, so don't get lost in that. Um, this was a good showing for both people. Jericho is wrestling now, like taking it all in as a man who really has nothing to lose at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's done it all. Like I think him, you know, getting his 30th anniversary, which I think they made a reference to when they were uh, on the announce team. They said October 2nd was technically his 30th anniversary. So it's like he probably has been more reflective than anybody has thought or, you know, maybe then he's led on. And I just think that, again, he now looks like a guy who's now like, all right, I'm just going to enjoy the fuck out of what I'm doing for the rest of the time Yep, that I'm doing it. He sounded awesome on commentary, sounded like he was having a blast on commentary. He's been having a blast with this feud. And hey, look, like you said, got nothing to lose. He helped, he helped look, make MJF look great. Jericho's been one of the great heels in AEW since he started in AEW, since he first came up onto that platform um, as a surprise uh, that day in Jacksonville, which was awesome, by the way. Um, What were we going to say? The the way he talks about AEW, um, and he doesn't, like Mox talks about AEW, like this promotion, this place, AEW. Jericho, when he talks about it, it's a lot of we, I, uh, you know, I helped build this. I wonder if he's he's more of like a silent partner in AEW. Like he's got more more into well, it than just being a signed talent. The way he's characterized, like I'll probably never be allowed back to Vince's company, like probably indicates that he's got some more to do with this than just being an on air talent. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is why he's just... going to retire. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So. Uh, this is a great match. Um, MJF establishing himself at the very end of the match. Jericho welcoming MJF and Wardlow yeah, into the inner circle. Um, <laughs> so that was a that was a lingering question that we were talking about. We both we both picked MJF. Um, I thought uh, MJF was going to have already coerced the boys into attacking Jericho, but it looks like um, you know there was a tense moment there. You could tell that Jake Hager didn't know how to feel about Wardlow being there, so. Um, obviously those are some things to keep an eye on. Um, you would think, uh, every group only has room for one big man. Mm-hmm. Why do you need two big men? So some screw is going to happen for sure. Yeah. And you know, obviously Jake, uh, just had his Bellator match a couple weeks ago. So, you know, if that's something that he plans to continue to be in his future, you know, in my opinion, AEW needs a guy, a big guy that can be in the ring and like giving it a hundred percent, like when he's out there. So, uh, I think that's one one thing obviously that's been play, plaguing Jake is his uh you know like his that schedule in general and you know in between fights not really being able to go 100 in the ring even if he is mm-hmm. in the ring. So, For sure. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, yeah. So MJF and uh Wardlow are now officially members of the inner circle and I'm sure we'll <laughs> hear more about that on Wednesday. Yep. Um that is if the two Puerto Ricans uh, and the vampire can find Sammy. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see what happens to Sammy. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen to Sammy. So uh, it's time for our main event of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. It was uh, the AEW world champion, longest reigning in history from Cincinnati, Ohio, John Moxley against Eddie Kingston, sporting a interesting green outfit <laughs> for this match. Um, this match was everything that like you thought it was going to be going into it 
there was this was nothing was ever going to be pretty about this like yep. and it wasn't they were just they came in just to to beat the shit out of each other they they threw everything that they had at each other um lots of weapons um tons of i mean they had a ton of chairs out there mm-hmm. using pretty much every part of the ring every part surrounding the ring uh rubbing alcohol <laughs> um tax my favorite oh my god moxley's <laughs> moxley's bump that he took on those tax was so brutal it was just brutal and and at first i was like he's not about to paradigm shift eddie kingston's head on these tacks like because i think that's a bump that eddie would take i don't think that he would like if it, if it was called upon him to do it he would do it but him getting the reversal power we just power bomb right he just um, yeah i think he just slammed, power, yeah, slammed kind him of slammed him onto the tax just i mean that was brutal mox was wearing those tacks the rest of the freaking match yep um but again, there was nothing, nothing more about this. Mox could not get Kingston to quit. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he hit that spike pile driver and then a paradigm shift. Kingston just not quitting. Um, at one point, uh, and this is earlier in the match, Eddie Kingston, I don't know where he kept this barbed wire, but pulls barbed wire out of his pants um, and wraps his hand in it and just he took it off John the bat. Did he take it off the bat? Yeah, he took it off the ba- uh, the baseball bat and wrapped it around his hand. <laughs> Jesus, it was a hey, little spot, his... like outside well, he, of the like, ring. I mean, he must have had it between his legs, that bat between his legs, because like I just remember him hunching over and like wrapping his hand, and then he just comes out and punches Moxley with that barbed wire. But Moxley ends up using that later on. Um, just, I mean, right? That was I think that was right before the bulldog choke. He eventually locks him into that bulldog choke. The same move that the ref, uh, you know, feels like they had to save Eddie Kingston's life there. Um, and I think Eddie coming to that realization that that was a good move, saving his own life here and quitting. And that same bulldog choke that all of this was all ever about was that damn bulldog choke. Mm-hmm. So coming to it again, I think it's poetic. So ladies and gentlemen, still your AEW champion, John Moxley. And like you alluded to earlier, Kenny Omega coming out after the match. Yep. Giving a little stare down at John Moxley. <laughs> Back to where it all started for Moxley in AEW. He uh he makes a name for himself by attacking Jericho and attacking Omega and giving Omega that paradigm shift on uh, all those poker chips. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, that was a great moment. Uh, yeah, it was great. So we have never had a sanctioned singles match between these two human beings. So conceivably the first time we will uh is going to be for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, and I'm for one, and damn excited to see it. Moxley's going to wrestle from the face position yep. here. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Kenny. Um, what do you have on this match, man? Like I said, just pretty much a war. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Big war. It was fucking phenomenal. The 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 spots with the tax and the alcohol, pouring the alcohol, were insane. I, I mean, just that must have hurt just in general. Even the doctor off to the side was like what the fuck are you doing dude you're taking my shit in case you guys fuck each other up uh i i i do have to say something we missed one spot in this ftr young bucks match that i'm just not thinking of dax hurting his hand and busting it open in mid-match and then them hitting it and selling it the rest of the match was just cool i had to bring it up but within this match we had so many uh, so many spots where the barbed wire was came into play, um, and 
and he kept taking it off. He kept putting it back on his hand. He kept trying to get John Moxley to tap with it. So when John Moxley took some off, wrapped it around his forearm, gave that bulldog choke. Uh, I think it was just that intense bulldog choke that really, uh, really got to, you know, got to the point where he, I'm not going anywhere else but here, and I can't do this anymore. So he, you know, Eddie saying he quits was just a great, a great moment uh, to end this pay per view. It was, it was awesome. They both went out there and put on one hell of a show. Um, the gear is. Um, I forget the fucking guy's name, but it's it's the guy who Eddie Kingston's he it's his favorite wrestler growing up and the guy that he uh um got his style from the, where he got into pro wrestling. It's uh something Suzuki. Um anyways, he it's an ode to him with that color gear and the way it's all formed and stuff like that. That was uh Excalibur kind of put it over on commentary, but not really. Um but yeah, the the way that this ended was phenomenal. I really love this match. Uh, two br- just brutal, um, you know, talents going after it and really putting on one hell of a show. The spot where Eddie Kingston put the tacks in his hand and hit Moxley over the head, he had two tacks in the top of his head stuck in there for the rest of the match. Uh, it was fucking cool. It was really, really good, really well done. Hats off to these guys. So here's the thing is like, I got two comments on that one. If I'm Renee Paquette, like the fuck are you thinking? Like <laughs> when, like when you're, you see this on TV, like your husband, just like with tax in his head, like yeah. no problem with, with being choked by a piece of barbed wire, you know? Yeah. Jesus. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> Second thing is I think they did. They totally did the right thing by doing these, like this stipulation match to end this feud is cause like these guys, like you had the Omega page match. You had the young bucks, FTR match. You had the Cody Darby Allen match. Um, hell I'd even say the Jericho MJF match, the Sheeta Nyla match, a ton of amazing technical matches. These guys were especially headlining this pay-per-view were never going to wrestle like a super technical classic. Mm-hmm. So like adding the stipulation, like really saved, in my opinion, like saved this match. Like it really made it like a match that, you know, again, going one-on-one, making it just a normal singles match. You're taking what probably is like a B match when there's been a bunch of A's earlier in the night. And it makes this an A as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great way to end the pay-per-view different from the rest of the matches on the card. Uh, hats off to this pay-per-view. They, they did a really, really great job. Oh yeah. All in all. Awesome. Um, so that, that, that was full gear guys. That was, uh, that was, I mean, well, well spent money for sure. It was phenomenal. I would have bought that over again. Um, well, do you want to get into, uh, yeah. Full gears match of the night. (laughs) The timing on that one. Uh, First time ever. It was, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, so full gears match of the night, uh, for me, um, I've, I, I had time to think about this during the time that we were talking about it because I couldn't come up with one. I I'm, I'm really torn between these three great matches, mm-hmm. you know, Kenny and, and hangman FTR versus, uh, the young bucks and Cody and Darby. And I'm going with Cody versus Darby here for the match of the night. In my opinion, I think the, the story that they told, the in-ring work and just the fact that Darby, it was so real uh, 
it, I mean, to me, it, the emotions were so, so genuine in this match. So it, it, it puts it, puts it on the top for me. What do you got? Yeah. Yeah, man. Here's, here's the deal. You, you brought up the three matches that were in contention for me as well. Um, I, I would say that I, I really liked that match you were talking about. It could have been the match of the night for me. Um, I'm going to go with the tag match. Um, when you think about like attitude era, like WWF, um, when you talk about your teams, like Dudley boys, your Hardy boys, your edge and Christians mm -hmm. and any combination of the three or all three at the same time, like just always told an awesome story. Just, yep. they, they, they knew how to work together. They knew how just, and, and this, that's what this match reminded me of. It reminded me of two groups who are very different, a la Hardys and Dudleys, you know, just working so well together, just doing, getting out there and doing their thing, being willing to sell for their opponent for the betterment of the match. Like, yep. Not getting too in your head as far as like, no, we're the best or, you know, they're the best. We shouldn't be selling or whatever. Like these guys like told an amazing story from start to finish reminded me why I love tag team wrestling. Uh, this whole promotion has reminded me why I love tag team wrestling. Cause they do it the right way. And, and, and I gotta say like, for me, this is, this is one of the best tag team matches I think that I've ever seen in my life. Um, it, was, it was damn so, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, and that, and that includes a pantheon of some fucking amazing matches oh, as yeah. well. We'll have to do a show on greatest tag team matches ever. So <laughs> I oh, won't yeah. I won't keep talking because I mean the praises are endless for that tag team match. So we got a new segment we're gonna do every uh, every year with full gear, and uh, that was the wrong button. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's get right into it. The official pay per view of the year. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So pay per view of the year. Uh, we had a lot of great ones. Um, there was an all right one uh, that we had this year, but it's a weird year. Um, so, but my uh, my pay per view of this year's, uh, even though how great Full Gear was, uh, Revolution is my pay per view of the year. I think it was phenomenal. I think it's uh, probably from top to bottom the best pay-per-view I've ever watched. So what do you got? Here's what I will say. I wanted to go with revolution. And I think, I think revolution has something that full gear doesn't. And that was obviously the live crowd. Um, mm -hmm. But when I go back and look at revolution um, and I look at the fact that the Jake Hager, Dustin Rhodes match was on that. Uh, and the fact that the, uh, the, well, I guess that was a starting match, but we'll just say for lack of an argument, Jake Hager and Dustin or Dusty Ro Dustin Rhodes um, was kind of a weak match to me. So I'm actually going to give it to full gear now that I've had time to think about it, because I will say like there was no match of full gear that like really disappointed me or like. I like didn't didn't make me happy. Like the whole pay per view made me happy. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a really really awesome pay per view. Um, one like you said, well worth the money, um, well worth all the hype they gave it as what was shaping up to be the best pay per view AEW has ever had. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they sure gave it their best damn swing. I mean, if you were gonna top Revolution, which to me was one of the best pay per views I've ever seen in my life. Yep. I mean, to do it with no crowd in this era and like really 
bring us out of, you know, the week that we've had with like all the, you know, the election and COVID and all these other things that like really make life stressful now to like give, give me like three to four hours of just like pure entertainment. I'm just super thankful for it. So I'm going to give it to full gear. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, it, it was definitely hard. Um, but with double or nothing this year and all out this year, um, it, I think it was only came down to revolution and, and full gear for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I would say to compare it, the lows of this, I think the elite deletion match and the Dustin and Hager match were equal on my, my end of, Fair enough. Uh, of what it was. And then the women's match, I think were equally, uh, compared, with Chris Statlander, Nyla Rose, and uh, Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose, uh, because Statlander was, like, sick, and she didn't really give her full performance on that. Uh, but the buy-in for Revolution was 10 times better. We had the debut of Cole Cabana, uh, the Dark Order, still being mysterious, evil organization, Dark Order, not knowing who the Exalted One was. Right. Uh, it was just a really cool moment. And then that was the night where Moxley became our champion. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was fan fucking tastic uh, to say and the that's, least. And that's the night that all of us found out that we needed Pack versus Orange Cassidy in our <laughs> yes, lives. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that was a match that snuck into into our hearts, uh, uh, near Ugh. and dear for sure. So, uh, uh, hey, we're moving close to the end of the year. We're gonna have to start thinking about our match of the year candidates. Yeah, that's for sure. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. Hey, that ta- that tag team match, that Young Bucks uh, Omega Page matches that night too. Yep. Yep, that's for sure. That one's uh, yeah. greatest tag match of all time rating wise. Uh, some people think it's other stuff, but I think I think it was. I think it was the greatest story and tag match that's that I've even I've better. Ever seen. Th- even better than uh, last night's. I mean, I th- that was. Li- I think it was literally too close to really call, but I'm gonna yeah, go back I mean- and watch the in ring performance. Uh, because they were both both teams were a hundred percent at Revolution and they're both top tier and the styles are kind of similar. I think yeah, that was for me Revolution. Uh, but last night with Matt being hurt and FTR the way that they work and how snug they are and the rival uh, that we've seen between these two teams and the story that they've told throughout the internet for years. Um, yeah, I mean that's what contended it for me. Yeah, I thought it was. I was just fantastic. looking at the. I was just looking up the stats. Those tag team matches were only different by 90 seconds, by the way, as well. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Revolution match was 30 minutes and five seconds, and last night was 28 minutes and 35 seconds. So, yeah, not uh, really bad. interesting. They were they were both phenomenal matches. I when when the ratings are released for the match, I'm sure it's like like you said. I mean, they could be they could be interchangeable. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think that does it for us, guys. Uh, another fucking great podcast in the books, man. Uh, definitely happy. I've been so happy with these uh, these podcasts, man. Uh, I definitely need to thank you a lot more than I do. But uh, if you guys want to find us on Twitter, all the links will be in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, and they will be on the podcast form too. Uh, but I am at uh, jengler88 and the official... 100% Elite Podcast is at 100 Elite Pod, and you can find Zach at Orange Zachity, O R A N G A C I Z A C I T Y. I like orange pizza in the city, Orange Zach City. I didn't know where you were going with that for a second. 
<laughs> Orange Pizza in the City. Roger that. Um, and you guys can find the links to uh, the song at the end. Uh, support him. Do all that stuff. Uh, but I think we will see you guys on the next one this week. <laughs> see you, buddy. MCs, so you can call me Legion, but we are many, you are one, we have plenty, you have some, you're taking this so serious, but I'm only doing this for fun, you're walking backwards while I run, met without cause you're outdone, open my mouth as I erupt, regretting what you just begun, you're never stopping me, you're never stopping this, you never saw me coming, but you must acknowledge this, so I'll just bring the heat, and leave them powerless, to try to step to me, so maybe you should crawl a bit.